You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. Welcome to the pinnacle of wrestling entertainment, Premier Streaming Network. Join us at watchonpremier.com to unlock the ultimate wrestling experience, curated to perfection. Immerse yourself in the spectacular world of wrestling history, where classic battles and unforgettable moments are at your fingertips. Join us today and experience the epitome of curated wrestling content, because when it comes to wrestling entertainment, Premier sets the standard. Be Premier. Summer concerts are back each weekend in June, and they're free with your park admission. Save with a new two-day ticket, only $34.99 per day at AdventurelandResort.com. The new Chevy Silverado HD puts you in command. Own strength with its enhanced available Duramax 6.6-liter turbo diesel V8. Own the lake with its available advanced towing technology and own technology with an available 13.4-inch diagonal touchscreen. The new Chevy Silverado HD. Own work, own play, own life. Learn more at Chevy.com. Find new roads. Chevrolet. This is the MLW Radio Network. Welcome, everybody, to the Mind of the Meanie, your weekly peek into the world according to former WWE superstar and ECW original, The Blue Meanie. We'll cover wrestling, music, movies, sports, and lots and lots of useless knowledge all contained in the Mind of the Meanie. I am your tour guide, Josh Chernoff, and he is The Blue Meanie. Meanie, what's on your mind? Ah, uh, what episode is this? <laughs> We are 86? Episode 86. Yeah, we. I do know, uh, I, know I'm, I know math no good. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm sad. You know, I was, it was such a build up to episode 83 because I wanted to, you know, work in the 83 weeks joke that, you know, after that, I don't know, know what to do with myself anymore. You know, yeah, just, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I guess we could just celebrate that we, uh, that our show is more successful than uh, the run of WCW Monday Nitro. Yeah. Well, it's not like they only yeah. lasted 83 weeks. But. Right, but it's just like, you know, you start the podcast, you're like, oh, can't wait for episode 69. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, you know, what other numbers are there? There's 89, uh, 80, well, 83 weeks. Uh, mm. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, I'm happy to be here. Another uh, episode of Mind of the Meanie. Uh, we were chatting with the uh, Patreon folks. Now that I know how to look at the comments after all these, <laughs> <laughs> after all these weeks we've been doing it, I was like, "Oh, what's this little square up here with the the red?" Oh, I can open up and see the comments too. <laughs> yeah, I can have fun too. So, but yeah, it's cool. Uh, it's a cool morning, a little brisk Saturday morning here. Yeah, a little inside baseball as we record on a Saturday, but uh, it's a uh, it's a uh, pretty cool, pretty cool. A uh, little still a little sore. Uh, I went and got my uh, Van Halen tattoo redone. Uh, looked great from the videos on your social media. I saw that looked awesome. Yes. Put on a fresh coat of paint. I, I was like, you know, I really want to get this redone because, like, you know, when you get tattoos, reds, reds kind of fade and mm-hmm. stuff like that. 
and uh, I was like, I, I really got to get this done. I didn't know if I wanted to switch it up or kind of keep it the same. And, you know, I got there. And I was like, you know, let's kind of keep it the same, just freshen it up, make it look better. You yeah. know, um, I like the way it looked before, but, uh, you know, I like, you know, my tattoo artist, Fred, uh, Fred a.k.a. Word. Fred Word. Fred Word. Uh, I like what he does, and, you know, he's the master of uh, redoing tattoos and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, we scheduled an appointment and did that, and um, he he does this cool thing where he just, he, he records it and then, you know, does a time lapse and stuff like that. So, it, it was pretty cool. It's uh, still a little sore. I still got it wrapped up. Just waiting for it to heal, and uh, when we're done this, I'll probably uh, go uh, clean it up a little bit, but... You know, it's uh, something about tattoos I love, and I love this tattoo. You know, it's, uh, you know, I was in the, the WrestleMania 2000 video game. You know, if you take off my boots in the game, that you can see the tattoo. So I was like, it's awesome. you know what? I have a tattoo that's in the video game. We should probably just keep it the way it is and just, <laughs> just freshen it up a little bit, you know? What other tattoos when you remove your clothing in the uh, WrestleMania 2000? Uh... I don't know if I, well, maybe I got a, my right leg, I got, I have a tattoo, which was my first tattoo dedicated to my grandfather, which, you know, in hindsight, I should have probably went a little bit bigger. (laughs) (laughs) It was was the first tattoo. So I was just like, I don't know what to do, but, uh, yeah, that's probably just that one. And, uh, the Van Halen one on my left ankle and stuff like that. But, uh, I'd have to go revisit that game just to see. You know, in the uh, creator wrestler. Uh, Did you have the bonehead one yet, or no? I, well, you know what, that might be in there as well. Yeah, so I'm gonna say, do they yeah. know? I feel like, do they know their their <laughs> logos in the video game? Because that's awesome. I, I, I would have to talk to uh, to Kevin, our our boy Kev, and uh, Kevin my Hug. boy Scott. Yeah, and uh, Scott, who played bass, who I still you know talk to. I'm friends with. I haven't seen Kevin in person in years but like i still talk to uh you know scotty you know the bass player i haven't seen and, kevin uh, in years either i'd imagine he is just as tall as he ever was <laughs> um he gra- is a tall human he really yes. is he's a very tall i always you probably don't look at this the same way that i do because you're actually tall um but you know growing up wanting to be a pro wrestler and being the height that I am, uh, which I don't want to spoil it too much because if you look at the cello toys, there's been a whole lot of debate about why Bull Nakano is so tiny compared to all the other figures. And nobody's talking about the fact that I'm taller than you and Aldis uh, <laughs> in figure form. So, uh, although, hey, if it gets an even more pocket size, I like to think that my cello toys figure is in scale with all of the current like Mattel action figures the ones that are the seven yeah. inch tall ones i think i'm per yeah. you put me next to a drew mcintyre i'm perfectly in scale um but i would always look at guys like kevin and just be like i'd see like his height and just be like why aren't you a wrestler like anytime i would see a guy that was like six one or over i would just look at him and be like you know you could have pursued a career as a professional wrestler you could have like what like so i don't know if you ever thought that way but i would always be like oh man what a waste of height what a waste of height. Yeah. Like you're a guitar yeah. <laughs> you're a guitar player. Why don't you just be my height and I'll be your height and I'll go be a wrestler? 
But that's so funny. Yeah, he's he's a, he's a tall dude. He's a good guy, man. Yeah, I haven't is. seen him in a while. I have to, I think uh, Bonehead's still playing too. Still playing out, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> who's their lead singer? Jay. Jay. He. I actually. He's Jay, the one I've seen Jay most Manor. recently. I bumped into him at a Wawa. That sounds about right. Yeah, and I look at I I look <laughs> at him and I go like, man, like he looks like he hasn't aged. And no, he hasn't. I'm just like, like I aged more in my conversation with him at Wawa than he has in the last 15 years. But uh, no, it's a good. So yeah, Google Bonehead. What were they before Bonehead? Well, they were Bonehead, and then they got signed. Right, to right. That's what it was Bonehead, and then Familiar 48. They were 48, and then they went back to Bonehead, yeah. right? Yeah, uh, it, it's kind of like the wrestling business where they got signed, mm-hmm. and then uh, the person who signed them uh, got fired, so they f- got rid of all the bands that person signed, yeah. pretty much. They also got signed and, and changed they, their name. They became a, a Carrion Bonehead, <laughs> and now they're back. <laughs> and they went back to Killer Bonehead. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, Hey, Meanie, so you were at the uh, the world-famous Monster Factory, recently yeah um, yeah I've been going back here and there uh I was wondering I went back what's no that? no 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 please continue no 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 I, I that's stopped by last night and uh helped doing some coaching watch some uh match review give some pointers uh with uh Danny Cage over there and uh it was a good time it, it's fun to get back and you know talk to the young kids and try to help them out are you seeing you know, any? Uh, are you seeing anyone? You don't have to say any names because you don't want to make anybody feel like they're not that person. Better make them feel like they are that person. But you know, we've talked about the people who've come. So many people have come through there, and a lot of people have come through there that you had a hand in training. They were there in your time. Um, yeah. Do you see anybody now that you look at where you say like, I bet, I bet it's a matter of time before we. Uh, we see them wearing that gray property of uh performance center t-shirt. <laughs> uh, one of our students has a tryout in a couple weeks. Oh, very um, cool. and uh, we'll see how that goes. I don't want to jinx it, yeah. but uh, hopefully that goes real well. Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot of young guys who just are just. It's like almost like a, a reboot. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of fresh students there that you know are ripe for the uh, the training and the molding. So, you know, everybody's got potential. Right. Just a matter of uh, pulling it out of them and uh, helping them realize it as well. Well, and that's serious. You don't want to jinx it. Like, I feel like they can't, they'd have to really have a bad outing to have a bad experience at the tryout because I feel like your worst case scenario is that you walk away having learned a ton of new things to be able yeah. to work on. And, and apply to what you're doing and you get to like, there's there. Like, I, I remember experiencing this just from when I was doing like just working backstage at different companies. Like even if I was just a fly on the wall, you left that night knowing just that much more, just understanding yeah. the culture of it, understanding, you know uh, what it is that they're doing there. So I feel like it's a really, um, really beneficial, uh, thing to just have that opportunity but but yeah but hey and hopefully best case scenario it ends in a contract right so yeah and the, and the good thing about the the monster factor is we kind of have the heads up on you know what their tryouts are down there so mm-hmm. 
before they even go down there, they're they're running the drills up here and stuff like that. And so, you know, uh, a lot of stuff that like if I I don't know if I'd be able to. Uh, I'm sure a younger blue meanie Brian Heffron would be able to do it, but now I'm like, man, the things the kids have to go through now to train and stuff like that it's like light years ahead of what <laughs> I did. I just got in a ring. Took a couple bumps, you know, warmed up, and uh, we we just wrestled, you know. Yeah. I just it, it, do a lot. you look at the stuff they put them through at the performance center because they they want these these athletes. Like you look at that and you see just little clips of the training, and like, and I used to think in OVW like they would kick our ass with like, I mean, we were literally doing like a thousand squats and like if, like and people be like, you weren't doing a thousand. It's like, well, first of all, I didn't do a thousand in a row. It was a you know they'd rotate through. But you would be doing, it would be like, all right, 100 squats, 100 sit-ups, hundred, and then you go back again and do it. People were throwing up, like, yeah. fu- literally, I had a guy fall down next to me, never came back. Um, and, I mean, that just, and they would, I, I remember vividly handing my money to Joey Matthews and him going, like, he's holding it. And I'm holding it. And before he le- before I let go, he's like, this is your last chance. You don't get this back. Once I take this, you like literally if he took it and I was like, you know what? This is a bad idea. He'd be like, well, sorry, I have your money. So he was like making it very clear, like there are no refunds. And I would always think about those people who just like went and threw up. And it's like, dude, I went and threw up. I had one time where we were running the ropes, running the ropes. and Well, I shouldn't say I threw up. I wish I had thrown up. It was one of those like awful dry heaving, like nothing was coming up, but you're like, I need yeah. to throw up. Yeah. But I, we were doing a drill. We we're running the ropes. And when they're like, all right, stop. I'm like down, rolled out. And I just gave like the, <laughs> give me one second, went back into the bathroom and just, I thought I was going to throw up like immediately. But the people who never came back, yeah. it's like, that wasn't cheap. No. That was not like how, like, and, but then you, I look at that and then I look at like the performance center stuff and even the stuff that's going on in some other schools. I'm just like, dude, that's a walk <laughs> in the park compared to what like the performance center is putting them through. And, yeah. uh, yeah. you know, but that's what you need to do to get these top level athletes. But like, I can't picture, uh, you know, uh, gorilla monsoon back in his wrestling days. I mean, he wasn't, <laughs> he wasn't doing that training. No. Put a cigarette no. out and went to the ring. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like had a little rock glass of bourbon he uh-huh. put down and uh, <laughs> yeah, just all right, let's go do this. Uh but yeah, I mean it's like the, the the training they do down there is like light years ahead of what I did. Yeah. And then you know, and the stuff they you know, the training they do at the Monster Factory is is pretty much on par with what they uh do Danny has them doing the same drills and exercises and stuff that you know you want you want them to be prepared you know well also in shape you yeah. know you just kind of you know um uh, it's one thing to be you know in a ring you know wrestling with somebody and putting your life in your hands and you go for a body slam and they're so gassed out they they can't lift in they drop you on your head so yeah. you know you just want to make sure that you know uh you know they're in shape, but uh, like I said, you know it, it, it's we got a good crop of, of folks over there training right now. Um, 
it, well, they're all new to me because I haven't been around in a while just because, you know, with the pandemic and just life in general. But, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, yeah, it's, it, it was fun to, to be in there last night and they did, you know, after the drills and warm ups, did a couple matches and gave, uh, some of my, uh, opinions and, uh, it was a good night. Good night overall. That's awesome, man. Yeah. You've had a, uh, um, you've had some busy weeks lately <laughs> in the wrestling yeah. to go from what's funny is like. Like that's that was always your life, but like when you and I started this podcast, it was not a busy week. There was nothing. There was literally nothing for a year yeah. and a half, pretty much. Um, yeah. So to see you doing this is it's 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 awesome because you almost had when we started this, it almost like gave off the appearance of like the retired blue meanie. <laughs> because because the world had shut down and you weren't doing anything. So it wasn't like we're talking to Meanie who's like, oh, yeah, no, I got to make that shot on Saturday and got to do, like, it was just, yeah. yeah, hey, it's Friday afternoon. Why don't we just do a podcast? Because no one's going to yeah. work. No one's doing anything. So it's uh, it's so cool now to see, you know, even if you kayfabe me for AEW, but it's so cool <laughs> to, to just see that, to see that, like, you're very much not retired from the wrestling business and and it's uh it's awesome very much sore yeah <laughs> um yeah I, I i'm sitting here i'm halfway through the monster factory story i was like man i forgot to put my cbd roll on that i just bought oh. <laughs> that's well if you need to, gotta, if you need to take a break and go do that <laughs> i'm sure i have an ad read to do at some point we can uh yeah, do you'll it. see me do the, the I got to throw up sign, yeah. but I'm really just going to put my roll on. Can we get that, whoever that is, if we can get the CBD roll on people to sponsor. Yeah. And you can just live on the air. You can just roll that stuff on. Does that really work? Like, I mean, obviously, if you're it, doing it, it really works. But, like. I just started it the other day. It's it's pretty good. Yeah. So, uh, like, 350 milligrams. So, like, what uh, is your, I mean, obviously, this doesn't have any effect mentally on you right oh no it's just a roll-on so it's it's physically just that's fascinating to me yeah i just uh like something's going on with my back i don't know what the fuck it is i think i need new shoes there's that bump uh, off of the missile drop kick yeah i saw that yeah there's that (laughs) (laughs) uh i go through this all the time i go oh my man my knees hurt my hips hurt i go oh you need new shoes asshole (laughs) you know uh, so I ordered some new shoes off of uh, online yesterday. I'm waiting for those to come. So maybe that'll be the thing. But yeah, it's just lower back. It's like Jesus Christ. I go to stand up. It's just like. Ah! Have you thought but, about uh, um, switching back to wrestling boots when you do make the appearances? Because some, so I was an amateur wrestler, and I wore the wrestling shoes that you wear. Yeah. Um, but there's really no like support. In those, have you considered like if you could do like the wrestling boots, you could put like an in you know like an insole type deal. And I mean, I know you're not working you know six nights a week, but is that something that you've considered? I know the 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 amateur shoes are what I've been doing predominantly most of my career, other than uh, you know my first year when I I guess so you really have wrestler, yeah. And then, like, I went to ECW. I was like, well, my character doesn't look like it should be wearing wrestling boots. Mm-hmm. So I start wearing those. Uh, and these were the boots of the 90s, the fucking Magnum yep. boots. 
those black boots that kind of look like wrestling boots, but they had like the uh, the the regular you know soles underneath. Yeah, yeah. I, so, got, I got stomped in the corner by those a few times. Yeah, not, uh, like I don't know how comfortable they were to be wearing them, but they were not comfortable to be worn out by them. So no, uh, well they felt great, but just, yeah, it wasn't fun to be kicked by them. <laughs> but and then uh, after that, I was like, fuck, I around. Uh, Maybe ninety, well, two thousand ish. I, I start switching over to the. Well, no, no, I'm sorry, I'm lying. In ECW, I had a, a run with amateur shoes, and then I tried to do these like Doc Martin looking things because they were blue, and those were the worst. Those like wearing those were fucking torture on my knees and back. So I was like, I gotta get, get rid of these fucking things. And, and those boots are the boots are in the the video game. Okay. Um. But then, yeah, eventually I'd fuck. I'd just go go back to amateur shoes. Well, now you I also have lo- those I, boots with the airbrush, like the flames on them, right? Yeah, I went back to boots like uh, ninety nine. I was like, hey, let me get some boots to get them airbrushed. I got them behind me. I uh, can't see them right from this angle. Let me see. Uh, I'll do this for the Patreon folks. Sure. There they are, right up there next to uh, there next to head. Yeah, and that's. Authentic head from the ECW arena. Oh wow! See, this is the uh, stuff you pay for, folks. Me pointing to a pair of boots. It's <laughs> uh, cool though, man. Yeah, yeah. I wore those for a little bit, and then uh, I think I just went back to the amateur shoes. Were those those what? boots were during like the? Uh, I, I I I always thought of them as like devil meanie, where you had like the <laughs> you know like a, the face paint that came up as like. Yeah, it was like little horns. Was that the time period yeah. when you had the? Yeah, okay, that was definitely that time period. It's it's when uh, you know Jim Ross released me and said, uh, "Now go away, come back with a fresh coat of paint." I was like, "Well, fuck, let me redo my paint." Yeah, see, maybe maybe that's what <laughs> it meant. I don't know. So I uh, that's I was like I start experimenting and uh, doing that that and it's like I got the new boots, got them airbrushed. But uh, a little secret: if you're a, an aspiring pro wrestler and uh, you want to look taller, get a lower cut boot. So that's why I kind of start wearing the amateur shoes. You know, I was like, if you wear the, a small lower cut boot or shoe, it makes your legs look longer in you know photos. And it means stuff like actually that. only five six. Yeah, you see them in there, and you would never yeah. know it. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, guys like uh, you know D Malenko had a lower cut mm-hmm. boot. Uh, Mister Perfect, who's super tall, still had a lower cut boot, and he did the thing where uh, if you back in the day you see the boots, they uh, the back would like swoop up into a point. Mm-hmm. He did the reverse where the front would swoop down to the back, so he could see more of his calf and have a longer leg and look look taller. Huh. So it's just little things you do do you can do cosmetically to trick the camera interesting uh to make yourself look taller so i was like you know what let me uh get some uh lower cut boot and uh look a little bit taller and uh just little things you learn i you know. the first boots that i got from high spots back in the day um they were tall they were like tall not like sid vicious tall boots but they were like you know but they were pretty they were pretty tall and i didn't realize how tall they were really going to be so years later, when I was, I guess it was probably when I was in, uh, well, it was right before I went to OVW, I got shorter 
boots. Um, and the only reason I got the shorter boots was not to look taller, but because I was sick of tying. I was like, well, if I cut them in half, I don't have to tie my boots. Like it cuts, it cuts 50% of the time off of how long it takes me to tie my boots. So I did that, but, um, uh, yeah, so I, uh, uh, but I, I honestly, I think I looked better with the, the shorter boots. I thought everything kind of like it, it just, it suited my body more, made everything look more proportionate other than the, the long boots. Then, yeah, now that I think about it, I never thought about it before, but now by the time you saw my leg, I had this like tiny little part of my leg showing where you're just, yeah. So that's really interesting. Uh, James Sorensen uh, of, of Sorensen level says, I thought Meany was five, nine, five, 10. I'm being serious. I'm going to be honest with you. I would have put Meany at probably around maybe like six foot in my mind prior to ever meeting you. Because again, I mean, Blue Meany's in there standing next to, you know, the rock, you know, like it's all, it's yeah. all right. But how tall are you? You're, you're a lot taller than Honest, I'm saying about six foot six one. Are you? Yeah. Hey, what's that? I would, man. Okay. So then I was right. Yeah. Dude, I'm just so short. Well, no, I forget <laughs> how tall. I just forget how tall I am until I see a photo of me next to somebody else yeah. who I thought was like close to my height. And I go, oh shit, I'm way taller than that. Well, person. that's the thing. I mean, looking at 5'9, five, 5'10, five, what Sorensen was saying, like at first I was just like, ah, come on. And then I'm thinking about it. And I guess that kind of makes sense. You're in there. How tall's, uh, uh, well, how tall is Al Snow? He's not that tall in the wrestling business. I don't know. I, n- next time I go to Seven Eleven, I'll stand next to that height <laughs> thing at the at the fucking door and just go, "Oh." Uh. But I mean, you were there during big, the Attitude Era. Yeah, you're there during the Attitude Era with some really that wrestlers were that was still WWE was just they had very tall, very yeah. you know big guys and uh, big guy, you know so. But but honestly, when I I guess I don't really know. But I didn't think five nine five ten because I I knew you were taller than that. But I don't know. Honestly, now I'm kind of surprised with this six one thing because like I would have been like, oh yeah, I mean he's probably actually like six three six four. Like dude, you look huge in real life. <laughs> I I've never really f- officially taking taken a, a measurement, so to speak. Well, not of so, not of your full body. N- no. <laughs> and even that uh, is a uh, short work. Oh, um, but um, no, it just uh, just something I never really thought of. You know, I never did the whole. You know, when you're a kid, stand next to the door and mark it off, and then you know measure it, that's, and that's write because your age. you're tall. <laughs> when you, when you're my size, I I swear to God, I literally used to bargain with the doctor when you're a kid and they would be like, well, he's around here on the, on the height chart. And so we're projecting, I remember, I don't know if they, I don't think they still do this, but they would like project what your height would be like what they think right. you're going to be based on the pattern in which you're growing. And first of all, they used to say I was going to be like five, nine, five, ten, which did not happen. Although in fairness, I uh, I do have a ton of neck issues. I have a fused vertebrae in my neck. I've got like it's it's all screwed up. So I believe that my neck was actually supposed to be. I was supposed to be taller. Like I actually even have a crease in the skin in my neck because I think I was born with the appropriate amount of skin for a longer neck. 
<laughs> that, that has always been my theory on it. Um, it's really just yeah. a fat roll, but I, I, you know, that's what I tell myself. But I used to argue and be like, do you think it could be like more like six foot? And like the doctor would explain to me, like, listen, you can, you can barter as much as you want here. Uh, I, that's not going to change anything, but I wanted to be a wrestler. And also you have to remember this back in the day, especially back in the, in the eighties and nineties, you know, you had your guy who was five eleven was coming to the ring at six foot one. You know, he's a, a buck eighty five oh, in real life, and he's two hundred and thirty two pounds or whatever. And you're as a kid <laughs> going like, "How the hell am I going to get to two hundred and thirty two pounds?" You know, definitely they definitely padded the stats back then. Uh, <laughs> pro wrestling uh, measurements, yeah. You know, well then you got like Jericho's boots, like. You know, it's pretty apparent. Like Jericho's boots are those soles. They're like Kane. And the only Kane you know, was why, the why? biggest joke because the only reason Kane ever needed that was because of what he was doing with The Undertaker. Because it's not like in any other scenario, Kane needs to, you know, pad the, uh, the, the boots there. I wonder what that would be like to wrestle in boots that fucking, with that, the sole that thick, you know? You know what boots I always wondered what it would be like to wrestle in? The goon. What? Oh, the, those are a couple of ankle breakers right there. Man. I like, I even as a kid, knowing nothing about pro wrestling other than just being a fan, I looked at that and was just like, he's going to break his ankle. Like, this is not good. Yeah. How is he doing that? It's horrible. I, 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 I get the willies just thinking of it. Just like, oh. You know, you think of like the, the, the Sid, like leg break and stuff like that, you know. I was, I was expecting to see that every week with the goon and with those those wrestling boots with the uh, shaved down. I'd love soles. to see them in person. Like I, sometimes, like I wondered, like was it maybe all was it actually like a regular boot and like his foot actually went further down and it was like built up above his foot, so it had the appearance. And if it wasn't that way, it sh- probably should have been that way. But you know what I mean? Like where he would like sit into it so it looked from the outside like that was the soul. But in yeah. actuality, it was just like an aesthetic. Dude, that and, uh, you know, Carrie Von Eric had the prosthetic boot. Oh, that's a know? whole other. I could, that, you I, know, man. And shout out to B&A Boots who made those boots. It was a guy named Bill Ash who made it. All the boots back in the day. I mean, back in the day when you wanted gear, you go to K&H for your your tights and trunks and all that stuff. For boots, you went to BA uh, Boots, Bill A- and there's Bill A- BA was for Bill Ash. Bill Apter? Yeah. And uh, K&H was uh, Carl and Hildegard. Those are those were the gear makers. Wow. And, uh, yeah, when Kerry lost his food, uh, his, his food. Yeah, fatty, fatty like a foodie over here. <laughs> it, was that, it was that one time somebody took his uh, his food at catering, and he's like, "The fuck, I'm getting new boots." Yeah, <laughs> that's I'm gonna show them. But uh, yeah, Bill Ash went and made him that uh, prosthetic boot, and it's amazing that you know he was able to. I kind of wish Kerry Von Eric would have just said, "Hey, I lost my foot," and still wrestled on it, and then. He could have been like a hero, you yeah. know, just to, to so many people. But the rumor is that he was just incredibly self-conscious of, I mean, had, had you, man, had people known the quality matches he was putting out 
with with a prosthetic foot. Yeah. Like you said, he would have been a hero. Like, holy crap. It's yeah. Bill Ash, man, the uh the George Napolitano of wrestling boot makers. Um, <laughs> man, it uh Travis asked a question, but I'm actually gonna save that question uh, for Ask Meanie later on. It'll circle back yeah. to what we're talking about, but I just want to save it. It was a good one. Um, but, yeah, man. Uh, hey, speaking of the goon, he's got yes. a, uh, an, a figure coming out for <laughs> uh, from Mattel, a WWE figure. So I'm just saying, not that you don't have enough action figures coming out, including, of course, the Mind of the Meanie two-pack figures, which I want to circle back to that in one minute. But yeah. I'm looking at that, and I, here's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing the goon signed a deal with the WWE, and they are releasing a figure of him. Yeah. There needs to be a blue meanie action figure by Mattel. Dude, I don't know what the deal is, man. <laughs> here's, here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking you they slide into Jeremy Padawar's DMs from Jazzwares who does the AEW figures and you say yeah who who had said before that he wished there were more blue meanie figures right yeah he had one point say oh I wish I had done one yeah. back in the day and so I well, say hey uh, I kind of worked for AEW <laughs> so that slide into his count. DMs and you say yeah so I don't know if you notice that there's a goon figure coming out so clearly. Everyone is fair game over uh, to sign a Legends deal with with uh, Mattel and WWE. I honestly don't yeah. know how the process works, so I'm just kind of pontificating. But yeah, you slide in there and you say, but you know, I'd really love, since I just appeared on AEW more recently, I'd really love that. Uh, just throwing it out there because I, I just, I'd rather you guys get to have it instead of uh, WWE, you know, and just kind of all that stuff. Then you circle back to WWE and go, you know, Jazzware has been kind of talking to me about doing a figure, but, you know, I'm a WWE guy. And uh, to me, I'd love to get that <laughs> figure. And, 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 and with the a, a, AEW figure, I could have that AEW shirt that everybody's been asking about. So, you know, on That's the figure. true. Yeah. I'm surprised Yo, that they it, did not, that they weren't just like, hey, let's do a short run of these. And by short run, I mean not a short run because they're print on demand. So I'm really yeah. surprised they didn't take, that they didn't take advantage of that. It's I like, I know, it's, it's, it's like found money. Yeah. Right? Like it's literally, <laughs> what is it, like five seconds for the, the people who create their t-shirts? Like not, and I, that's not knocking the t-shirt the at all. The t-shirt was amazing. But it's a rel relatively simplistic logo comparatively to, like, these insane, like, graphic uh, uh, works of art that they put on T-shirts. It would take their guys, like, five seconds to throw that together, and then they're just going to make just It's just profit. Just send it's them, all profit. I could, I could just send them the file. You send them, right, even better. You just send, literally send them the file. It's the time for them to open the, the email. And just put it on Pressling Tees and... Ta-da! You know, yeah. just uh, whatever. But unfortunately, you, know, you can't. What sell do it. I know? Yeah, unfortunately, you can't sell it yourself, obviously, because it's no. AW. But that's I've had a, that situation with. Uh, I can't tell you how many people, even people working for the companies, who have looked at my ties at events and been like, "Dude, you should be selling those. People would buy them." And I'm always just like, "Yeah, but I'm pretty sure AEW is going to be like, hey, you can't sell that full gear tie.' <laughs> you know, like right." 
Um, right. But uh, which, doing the proper thing, you know. Yeah. Which uh, excited to excited to watch Full Gear. We're recording this on a Saturday. That's tonight. I yeah. Will not, I will not be there. Um, I've had a lot of people ask me, which I guess nobody listening to this cares because they're listening to this on a Monday. So, <laughs> you know, uh, but I had a lot of people asking, but no, I'm, uh, I am, uh, believe it or not, so busy that it was kind of like, a, mm, I think we just won't go, uh, for this. <laughs> so, uh, no, but I'm, I'm excited to see it. I think it's gonna be a really good show. Um, I, I, I agree. I agree. Definitely yeah. gonna be a great show. Yeah. Shout out to, uh, TMZ. For uh, covering my interview with Maxwell Jacob Friedman. Great guy. Yeah, congratulations on that. Yeah. Thank I you. I saw that. That was pretty cool. <clears throat> yeah, that was really, uh, I was, or one person was like, man, did you think you'd be on TMZ? And I'm kind of like, well, I was smartened up. But <laughs> So, yeah, I did kind of think. Uh, but prior to being smartened up, nope. No, I mean, <laughs> I, I, all kidding aside, I was just like, I was like, holy crap, man. Like, that's, you know. And it was amazing because, like, what what better – I tweeted this out where I was like, I think I'll frame it because if there's one thing I want my kids to walk in my office and see, it is that picture of me on the cover of uh, – uh, on the front page of TMZ with the uh, MJF calls mom a dumb, disgusting slut. <laughs> you know, so I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to – I don't know if I'm going yeah. to uh, uh, frame that. Um, so you, don't want, you don't want them to uh, reciprocate that. Yeah, right. Oh God. <laughs> or do or do the thing where you put the little pixel over the word, you know. <laughs> oh man. But uh no, nah, it's it's uh yeah, it's been it's been cool um doing doing that stuff. I know getting you, off topic, but yeah. No, 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 you, you got do you get a lot of hits for that? The the Well, I'm I'm gonna say was your was your social media on the the, the, the photo or the video? So my social media wasn't on the uh so I got a lot from like when Fight would retweet it and they tagged me in things. Um I had that little that little bump. Like every once in a while, like my social media um it, it I'll get like a like when I do one of like the big events. Like had I been at AEW tonight, I probably yeah. would have walked away with like fifty new followers or something. Because it's just kind of like what happens, like people just see it and then they think to themselves, Oh, I wonder, maybe I should be following this guy and then yeah, and then they did. Then they they delete me. But um, but no, like it, it's it, it got um. It was interesting. Somebody had asked me like, what type type of play I've been like, you know, have have I been getting like a great response and all that? And what I said was, from like a fan standpoint, not like a ton. Like the people who already know me and are already fans have been, you know, reached out. We're like, oh man, that's so cool, and congratulations on the TMZ thing, and. Uh, which is awesome. It means a lot, and I appreciate it. Um, but really, in general, it was more the uh, behind-the-scenes people, like the people at Fight and Triller and TMZ. Even, like, and that, to me, from a, a career standpoint, is very important. I'm not going to say more important, because, I mean, you know you know better than anybody, without without fans wanting to watch your stuff and support your stuff... You're just a guy, you know, yelling into a camera, you know, so it's, uh, yeah. so I'm, I'm not, I'm never going to say it's more important. Um, but from a career standpoint, it, it, it's, 
you know, it's very important that, that I got like that people were happy with what I did. And, uh, yeah, so that's, so that was nice. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, but it's cool. It, it's definitely one of those things. TMZ is one of those things like, and I'm sure you've experienced this. Like for me, there's like these different levels of like a wrestling fan will always appreciate something, right? Like they'll appreciate like, Oh cool. You're at the AEW pay-per-view. A non-wrestling fan is like, all right, Josh is doing whatever that that wrestling stuff, whatever, you know. But there was like little things like when I did the thing at Arthur Ashe Stadium. Well, now you have tennis fans who don't know anything about wrestling, but they know what Arthur Ashe Stadium is. And they're like, yeah. hmm, what were you doing at Arthur Ashe Stadium? That's really cool. Not caring what it is I was doing, but just the fact that I was working at a stadium they're familiar with. So it's stuff like TMZ where, again, like I had people like neighbors and some and stuff commenting like, I didn't know you did so, like stuff that would get picked up by TMZ. I'm like, well, I didn't know either. But, you know, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, so it, it, that's a cool thing. Um, I did talk to uh, to Peter Rosenberg. Um, nice. And uh, because he a friend of mine smartened me up to that they played a clip of that interview on uh, Cheap Heat on Rosenberg's podcast. And, uh, and Rosenberg was like, yeah, there's an interview with a a guy as a a podcast or something on, on fight. And he kind of like just, and he played the thing and Rosenberg and I have talked a number of times. We've been actually trying to work out doing an interview together. Um, but I sent him a a text. I'm like, Hey man, I'm like that. Uh, first of all, I was like, Hey, Meanie's a huge fan of your work. And, uh, and then I, uh, uh, specifically on the A&E documentaries, um, absolutely. Yeah. But then I said, no, but I said to him, uh, I was like, Hey, I was like, uh, uh, someone sent me this thing. Um, that was me. And he was like, Oh shit. He's like, I'm so sorry. I didn't give you a shout. I'm like, dude, I don't care about that. I'm like, I just clearly realized you had no idea. You didn't put two and two together that the guy who was doing the one thing was this guy that you've talked to a bunch of other times. So, you know, uh, so there has been a lot of that. And, and honestly, that's, that's kind of my place in it. Like I can have a little more fun with things like the Cardona interviews and stuff where I get to be a little bit more of like a character and and stuff. But realistically speaking, I'm not there to put myself over. I'm there to get them over, whether it's a character or what, like, you know, or whether it's the Brian Danielson interview, like no one should have walked away from that Brian Danielson interview talking about me unless you're in the industry of wanting to hire a, a a interviewer, then I'd like them to maybe like notice me, but otherwise it's not about me. So, you know, but it's been, uh, I don't remember what you asked. I was just putting myself, (laughs) putting myself over a little bit here. Um, Just see if you got a little bump ski from it. Uh, yeah. And I got a little one, little one. Um, but, but you know, I guess most importantly fight got a, a big one. So, you know, um, they were happy with that. And, uh, yeah, there, that's the that's the daddy money right there. That's, that's it, daddy money. That's it. <laughs> Fights. That's a, a whole lot of like anything that I do. I'm just like, well, if they like it, like you know, I try to do my best. But it's yeah, it's like anything. People talk about with like Vince McMahon, where they go, oh, they're they're playing to a, a uh, everyone who works there is playing to an audience of one. You know, yeah, that's kind of like a job in general if you really think yeah. about it. Like, I don't care what you do. Like, your job is you, like, you, you you know, I don't know, you, you 
clean the floor at a, at a restaurant, right? Like as long like your goal is not really that you clean that floor the way that the, the, the other, the wait staff likes or the way that the, the patrons like it's whoever your boss is. You want them to walk out and go, I did a great job cleaning that floor. Like that's it. Like you're hoping that you've pleased everyone. But at the end of yeah. the day, your job is to please that one person that employs you. And which is why I always kind of laugh when people are like, oh, everybody writes this stuff just for Vince McMahon to like it and they don't care about the fans. It's like, I don't think it's that they don't care about the fans. I think it's that if the fans are like, we love that, and Vince is like, I hate that, well, those fans aren't going to pay your bills, you know? Right. Not that WWE right. would fire people. No. <laughs> but, uh, you know, WWE's trying to. The, their thing is they try to go for the broad audience where the, the people who, I mean, they're not going to placate to the hardcore fans because the hardcore fans will always be there. They're not going anywhere. We have a, we have a built-in audience that's not going anywhere. How can we get, and I, I'll borrow this phrase from uh, Al Snow, who uh, was in the green room. We'll, we'll have him in, in a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah, no, uh, Al's coming. Al's, Al's yeah. on his way. But, uh, you know, Al framed it uh, perfectly. They, they want Mr. and Mrs. Walmart, you know, the the casual fan who's just, like, flipping from, you know, whatever shows, you know, they're watching yep. their favorite show. Oh, there's a commercial. Let's see what's on the other channel real quick. And then they see this wrestling, and what what can we do to capture their imagination and make them stay on our programming? So, And it's like that. That's, that, that's what, you know, the, no, no, me and you are about to say the exact same thing. That's, you know. That's how it is with about, you know, all TV shows. It is. I remember I I had a, uh, it was an acting class, one one acting class I was taking years ago. And, uh, and which by the way, I would, anyone who, who is pursuing a career as a broadcaster or interviewer or anything like that, an acting class, even if you have no goal of being an actor, um, there are things I learned in that, that I still utilize. Uh, yeah. in doing, in doing this. Cause at the, it's your face on camera. So it's, you know, there's a lot that you can still use. Um, and then there, I'm sure there's a bunch of things I ignore, um, but, uh, <laughs> that I could probably get a, a brush up on, but, um, the, the class, I remember the teacher talking about something about like, cause we were having a conversation about like some show had just gotten canceled and everyone was like, Oh man, like that's such a good show. Like why did it get canceled? And he had said, like, it, I forget how he described it, but it was, like, the people in, like, middle America, like, sitting there, like, they're not big, like, they're not from a big metropolitan area, they're not, you know, and they're just the ones flipping through the channel, and they want a show that they can zone out and enjoy, and it is what it is. Yeah. They don't want to think, and they don't want to, like, you know, they're not trying to, they, they, they don't want to walk away with, like, oh, they made a great statement on this, you know, issue in society, whatever. they just want something. So sometimes you have this show that's really good where you go like, man, that, that you walk away going like, man, I'm going to be thinking about that for days. And sometimes that's the kiss of death because you're thinking about it yeah. for days. And there's two problems with that. Number one, people just want to be entertained. They don't want to be thinking about it for days. And number two, right. how do you jump in on the next episode when you didn't see the one before? And that's the thing with pro wrestling. You yeah. should be able to turn on pro wrestling and always kind of, jump in yeah um but you know anyway 
Unless you're a completist like me and you had to, I got to start from the beginning and watch it all the way I know, through. which is tough, which has been really tough with a lot of, there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, it's why I've strictly from a, a, a fan enjoyment level, a lot of the people who got released from WWE, I was, look, as a person, I hate it. I hate to see anybody lose their job. Um as a fan, there was part of me that was like, well, all right, because I hadn't watched in a little bit, and I didn't know what the hell was going on with this character, so all right, I guess I don't need to worry about that anymore. Um, yeah. You know, which, again, is not, I'd rather them have a job than make my life easier. Uh, you know, but... Um, but, yeah, sometimes that job can make them miserable. So they, they get... You know, some people are, are, will be devastated they got released, and then some people will be like, thank Christ. Yep. Thank God I'm out of that place. You know, I, I got yeah. released the second time. You know, they released me, they, wink, wink, released me the first time. And then they released me the second time. I kind of popped. Yeah. I was like, all right, cool. You know, just, they weren't doing anything with me. Well, that's the thing. You came back. Anyway, you know? It's like, okay, here we go. All right, I'm back. The fans yeah. really wanted me. They saw the fans really wanted me. Let's <laughs> rock and roll. And then... Yeah. yeah, they they kind of knew that, so I may, I go maybe that's why they sent me to Memphis, out of sight, out of mind. So when they released me the second time, it's a little bit uh, quieter. But these are the things that pro wrestlers think about, you know, the you know the reason why, whether it's true or not, you know. But something else that I think is is really important for the people to who were released who are bummed out about it to look at is you were released. What year were you released the second time? Two thousand. You were released in 2000. Not only did you have an additional run with the company in the BWL uh, yeah. five years later or so, but 21 years later, you were walking out to a huge pop uh, on AEW. Yeah. 21 years later, you have been a consistent presence for MLW. You know, yes. it's something that I think is, is a great lesson to a lot of people who are released, and you're like, well, crap, that's it. It's like, no, man, two decades later, people are still popping for the Blue Meanie to come out, and he hadn't really worked full-time in 21 years at <laughs> WWE. Yeah. You know, not that you not that you left WWE and then it was like Blue Meanie disappeared, but that's kind of my point. You left WWE and you didn't disappear. Right. And, you know, you continued to work, you continued to be there, and that's... And I think you've seen so many people now who've been released in the last few years since they really started doing these massive cuts. And I think people should really see that, like, the opportunity's there for you to make something of yourself. Um, yeah. It, it's about creating opportunities and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, that's the worst thing, outside, out of mind. You know, but thank God for social media. Thank God for this podcast. You know, where we build a community and stuff like that to where it piques other people's interest to want to have me on their their, their uh, programming like MLW or AEW, stuff like that. You know, yeah. I guess the hat trick would be if I did one more thing with WWE if they were ever in town. But, uh, you know, I'm a cheap date. So Say, I, <laughs> I, lo I look forward to uh, finding out after the fact. Uh, <laughs> um, no, I, I, you know what? And I hope it, I hope it happens for you. Um, as a friend, I hope it happens for you. Cause that would just be really cool, but I hope it happens for you because I, I think you've had a really cool story. Um, yeah. which is 
part of why in the very beginning I, I wanted to do the podcast with you, you know, because I, I just think your story is, is interesting in the sense of like, like I said before, like how long it has been since you were in WWE, but all the things yeah. you did to remain relevant in the wrestling business and all. And, um, and I do think that that would be kind of like the, you know, the cherry on top. But then the concern with the cherry on top is, and it's like, all right, well, that's it. Yeah. What else do you put on? <laughs> what else? You don't put anything on top of the cherry, you know? Oh. So you brought, you, so brought you, you know what? So then you Go just got to gotta eat the whole damn uh, Sunday and start over again. So, you know, yeah. Um, and then you start wearing Daisy Dukes and half shirt. You know? <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it, it's, you know, I've been very fortunate, you know, to do the stuff I've been doing, you know, considering, you know, just, uh, you know, it's just doing indies and stuff like that. But, you know, I've, I've had this little, little bit of a resurgence, you know, with, mm. you know, the action figure lines, the, uh, and the, uh, the appearances with MLW, AEW, stuff like that. And, and, you know, I'm sitting here next to a, a cabinet, a Retromania wrestling cabinet that has my face on it. You know, a company was kind enough to think I was worth that investment. So, and you know, that and big, now, uh, now they're, they're going to, they're going to post a compilation, I believe of everybody who they ran a, a, a thing over Retromania. I think it's done. I think that the, I, I, I will be, uh, getting together with Mr. Mike Herman from Retrosoft Studios and we will be recording my reactions to Oh, that's awesome. The the meet, we're we're going to a studio next Friday to record these uh uh my reaction to the mini dance videos and I get to pick who that's I so think cool. did the best who who I think did the best mini dance video. I I mean, it's just it was, it's it's been a lot of fun to watch some of those. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think um, the fact that they did that, somebody's going to earn their opportunity to be in the game in the BWO arena there. Um, yes. Just so cool, man. It's so, you know, yeah, this has been, you've, you've been able to do a lot. Um, and one of those things was the action figures. And I want to talk about those. Um, you are, uh, first of all, you're in series one and series two of the cello toys thing, which is pretty cool. Um, it's crazy. Yeah. But uh but I want to talk about the Mind of the Meanie two-pack action figures. Everybody listen up. Yes. This is important. Time is running out for you to get them. There has been a, um, a lot of interest in the UK where we sold out. And a deal is being put together where a lot of what we have left will be uh, sold to the to the UK. Uh, it's a broad statement, but, you know, yeah, the, the, the United Kingdom itself is purchasing mine and me action figures. Um, but, God uh, save the queen. Yeah. <laughs> God um, save the meanie. So what that means is the figures that we have on hand are going to, like, cut in half in the next, like, week or so. Unless you buy them now and then, uh-oh, I guess we don't have as many to sell, you know, but yeah. this is it. So what I'm telling you is this. We have eight signed left, okay? There are eight figures, eight, eight signed two-packs left. We are about to get rid of, we have some damaged packaging ones, um, which some of the damaged packaging, honestly, you'd probably just display and not even 
realize they're damaged, but it was for us. We just felt like we couldn't sell it, um, you know, knowing that there's like a, a big crease in one corner or something. Like, you know, we're like, we'll give you a couple bucks off. And especially if you're somebody who just wants to open them anyway. Um, yeah. Save a couple bucks, get the damaged ones. Um, but we are not going to sign the damaged ones because we can't sell mint on card signed figures that the card is damaged. So you've got like, I don't know, a couple of <laughs> like a couple weeks to get your, uh, your signed ones. And that's it because we're the ones we're going to sell are not the damaged ones. There aren't that da- that many damaged ones left anyway, but the ones that we're going to sell are not the damaged ones. And we have about half the amount of damage in the non-damaged, if any of that makes sense. Um, I don't know the exact numbers, so I'm kind of just like skirting around it. But um, pretty much, here's the thing. If you want signed Mind of the Meanie 2 pack, order now. Um, because, yeah, you're going to want to be able to save a little bit of money when we do a, a, you know, a, a Black Friday sale and a Cyber Monday sale. Uh, but we're only doing that sale if the figures are still here. So, yes. unfortunately, while I would love for you to wait, we can't guarantee that if you wait to get that percentage off that there's going to be any figures. And it's looking like there aren't going to be. And part of the deal of why we're sending back to the UK is because they originally wanted to do a uh, a restocking where they would have made another batch of figures. And what we told them was, we don't want to do that because we believe that part of what makes them worth something is that limited run. If you purchased and you have a Mind of the Mini 2-pack mint on card and you're proud of having that mint on card, this exclusive 2-pack, we don't want to make it less by having them make just another run. Like, yeah, you'd still have the original run, whatever, but I just feel like... If there was going to be another Mind of the Meanie 2-pack, which it doesn't look like there's going to be, but if there was going to be another Mind of the Meanie 2-pack, I'd want it to be different. I'd want, you know, Meanie's wearing a different shirt. I'm wearing a different suit. Like, so, this is it. The ones that there are here, this is it. So, hopefully, you guys will buy them um, because... They're going to sell anyway. We're not doing a hard sell here. They're going to sell. I know that they're going to sell. We have orders that have come in. But if you're listening to this podcast, then I know that you are a fan of the show. I want you to get those figures if you want them. So act now. Go get them. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and then get excited for me. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Yeah, man. I can't wait for that. Yeah. You know, any, I, idea, I, they give it, any idea when that's coming? Not yet. They just put up a uh, graphic for Series 2. So it's going to be interesting. And with mine, they're going to uh, do a run of me with the painted on Scott Hall mustache. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to do a run of me without the, the mustache. So they're doing uh they're really good at making things collectible. Yes. You know, and uh, I want them all. I still think, <laughs> I still think there is a, a market for a repaint. Maybe you should suggest this to them. Because the one thing that they don't really have is modern day blue meanie. We have modern day blue meanie in a mind of the meanie shirt. 
Yes. But you don't wear a mind, you don't wear a white mind of the meanie shirt when you wrestle. No. So this new one coming out is old school BWO haircut and smaller goatee and the BWO shirt. But what we need is the repaint of the mind of the meanie mold. Yeah. With the BWO shirt. Like so that's yeah. so, you know. Which which honestly it is I can tell you as someone who has gotten a repaint of 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 you know from the mind of the meanie two pack of myself, um, they're all for it. They're they're all about doing that because it is way cheaper to produce those. Um yeah. I mean it's really it's just a new card backing and some new deco, but that's it. Like it's there's the uh, or the, you could do you could do you could do the thing when right now where like I've been wearing the BWO Bob Wire shirt, you know, a lot. So well, that's the thing they could put out, like you said, how they have some with the makeup, the Scott Hall, the Scott Hall, and then some without. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying another one where it's modern day blue meanie, but some of them are barbed wire. I mean, maybe it's like 50 of them are barbed wire. Yeah, you know, like, dude, you could have a, a BWO Japan shirt that is sold yeah. exclusively in Japan or something. I don't know. There's a lot, yeah. and and it's it's what's really exciting. As a collector and exciting, you know, like, like I look at that and I go, cause I know now knowing the behind the scenes of like the, um, the process to make those figures, the majority of that process is the creation of the mold. It like the majority of the cost I should <laughs> yeah. say, is yeah. the creation of the mold. I mean, they're making yeah. it's, it's, you know, but that's already been done and they now also have, I mean, they now have a mold from like the two, the current day and old school meanie. So even the old school meanie that's going to have the BWO shirt and one's going to have make the, the beard and one's not going to have the beard. Like there's still, we just talked about the blue meanie with the, the horn thing and the flames yeah. on the, the boots with the, the hello meanie, um, you know, uh, uh, airbrush uh, shirt or whatever. Yes. Like there's so many opportunities. It's just that same mold. I'm excited for yeah. this, man. If you don't walk away with 15 figures by the end of the year, <laughs> dude, it's it's exciting. The nerd in me is yeah. just overjoyed. But with, people uh, people will display. I don't personally do this, but I've seen a lot in like the major wrestling for your podcast community and everything. People will show their display, and they display figures based on. Um, like time period. So like, I remember like one time they were talking about it and then I contacted them. I was very proud to contact Matt and Brian and say like, wait, 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 you can't do this. There's a King Kong Bundy figure coming out and he oh. had the old school, um, the old school shirt, like his graphic tee from like the eighties. And they put that and, and that was it. And they're like, well, can you, where can you display this? Can you display this in your 80s display case? And then a lot of people oh. have their like new generation display case where he came back. And so the thought was like, well, you get two of them. One, you put the t-shirt on, you display it in the 80s. The other one, you take the t-shirt off and you display it in the new generation. And I said, uh-uh-uh, not so fast. No. Oh. Because in the new generation, he had eyebrows. <laughs> and they looked at that and they said, oh, damn, no, this is not a new generation figure then. This is absolutely, and I think they missed the boat 
and releasing this yeah. figure because he should have had a lot of them have like multiple heads, like of different expressions. They absolutely should have released the King Kong Bundy. One head has no eyebrows. One head has eyebrows. And then they have, and that's it. Now you've got a King Kong Bundy for both. And then people look at that and they go, oh, son of a bitch, I got to buy two because I have to put them on display. My point is with this yeah. mold, meanie, I mean, you can. The, the mold of the meanie. The mold of the meanie. <laughs> you've got the mold of the meanie. You can, like, people could look at that and be like, okay, so who is this? Oh, this one is, dude, all they got to do is the head with the spiky hair. And there's your 2005 era, you know, BWL. Yeah. Dude. There's so many opportunities because you fit into the ruthless aggression era. You fit into the ECW era. You fit into yeah. the attitude era. Um, and then they, there's modern day meanie. Like there's a lot of figures they can make. They could do the uh, Sir meanie since uh, Cello Toys is based out of the UK where I had the, uh, the Union Jack wrist tape. Oh, man. And stuff like that. You I just trying to, be, to really get photo of that with the powdered wig. Dude, and you need to be pitching that. You need to be pitching that to them because they will be all about that. Yeah. They are the, such the back, fans yeah. of yours as it is that, like, I feel like oh, the no. more you just go, like, meaning you need to do another. You, you, need a, you need, guys, you need to do another one of these. That would be fun. They would jump at it. And the back, the back, oh my, the family crest on the back was a, a plate with a knife and a fork. <laughs> And then uh, Stevie's was uh, a chicken and a guy doing karate or something like that. Or I don't know, something goofy. But, uh, yeah, that would be perfect. That would be awesome. James Ranson (laughs) says the mold of the meanie should be the name of the episode today. I write it down. I'm writing it down. That's it. You did it, James. The the King Kong Bundy action figure comes complete with Mr. Fuji's razor. You know, (laughs) to shave his eyebrows off. Oh, man. Is that why his eye, why he didn't have eyebrows? I thought that was just I'm his... Sure. No. <clears throat> he probably fell asleep on the flight and he shaved <laughs> his eyebrows off. Uh, there, 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 there's the the one lightning kid action mm-hmm. figure thing where the on the on the package he has no eyebrows. Because that was his first promo pictures that they did. I think the I don't know if it was the uh smoking guns who cut it off his eyebrows. But then so he went was, and put Yeah, cre- there's a whole story with it where he like no, he someone else, I think it was Kurt Hennig out. did it. Oh, okay. And he thought it was the guns, so he crazy glued or something. There was something where, like, he retaliated to someone that it wasn't and yeah. found out, like, 20 years later that it wasn't them. Yeah, same with uh, Kurt Henning when he uh, ribbed the Bulldogs and he made them think it was the Rougeos and fucking oh. Dynamite Kid went in and, and, you know, started to fight with, you know, Jacques Rougeau. And then that led to Jacques Rougeau loading up with a fistful of quarters and punching his teeth out, you know, at SummerSlam, you know, or one of those. I don't know if it was SummerSlam, but. No, not a good uh, good situation. Then there's the, uh, there was the Rougeaus versus the Bushwhackers uh, with the uh, How's Your Father. I was in attendance for that. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) That was was WrestleMania 4. Oh, man. Good times. Um, and then there was the Royal Rumble where I tickled Draws and Edge on the, well, as they're trying to eliminate me. I got caught on camera. Phenomenal. I, I, well, I, I know I tickled Draws. I might have pulled out Edge's armpit hair. You just reach up and yank on the armpit hair, and they, they, they just let you go real quick. 
Yeah, that's that's another low rib. Somebody put you in the head scissors and you just reach up and you pluck out their leg hair and they're just like, oh, stop. You know, <laughs> son of a bitch. You Amazing. Know? Um, Little tricks. Uh, what am I looking up here? Okay. Um, Sorry for the sniffles, by the way. Uh, don't be. Never apologize. I don't know what it is. Fuck it. Yeah, no, man. Hey, it's that time of year, dude. I had to pull my slider all the way down and just one, do one loud snort. I was like, Jesus Christ. Why, why, watch your mouth. <laughs> um, man. Uh, hey. Yes. Speaking of, of, uh, of the sniffles. What the fuck? <laughs> Hold on. The dick sniffles. Oh, man. Hold on. Bear, bear with me here. This is taking too long. Paging Mr. Talk, Sniffles. Talk about Mr. something else. Richard Snickle. Um, Paging Mr. Sniffles, Mr. Richard Sniffles. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Trickles, Mr. Richard Trickles. Hey, Meanie. Dick, Dick <laughs> Trissel. I need you to brace yourself. Oh, hold on. All right. Close your eyes, open your mouth, because winter is coming. What the writers of Game of Thrones didn't want to tell you is that Bran was actually in a wheelchair because he didn't trim his balls with Manscaped. (laughs) Poor guy thought it was okay to trim his balls with a traditional razor or hair trimmer. Not sure what you want as a gift for the holidays. Well, Manscaped is the ultimate gift. And they're here to change the men's grooming game. You can get 20% off plus free shipping if you, co- if you use code MEANIE20 at manscaped.com. <laughs> it's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. I'm talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 4.0. The Performance Package 4.0 is the best in the business. The Hygiene Bundle includes the Lawnmower 4.0, the Weed Whacker, the Boxers, the Travel Kit, and the Liquid Formulations. The new Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer is waterproof with advanced skin safe technology to reduce nicks and cuts and even has a light to help with your close shave down there. No need to have a red wedding situation next time you're going for a trim. The, <laughs> the Weed Whacker ear and nose hair trimmer can help you whack those nasty weeds in your delicate holes. This product also has proprietary skin safe technology to help prevent nicks, snags, and tugs. The performance package also includes Crop Preserver. It's deodorant for your balls to protect against chafing. Also, their Crop Reviver Ball Toner to keep your boys fresh at all times. Maybe you're on the other side of the wall and you don't know when your next shower is. No worries. The Crop Mop Ball Wipes are for you. Have smelly feet? Manscaped can help with that foot duster, foot deodorant made to fight odors the dirtiest feet. Meaning you got those. You got that, right? Oh, of course. Hey, you want to smell good everywhere? The refined cologne by Manscaped is a clean and fresh scent designed for the refined gentleman. On top of everything, they've even thrown in the shed travel bag to carry your goods and the Manscaped anti-chafe boxing boxer briefs to hold the entire package together. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code MEANY20 at manscaped.com. During the winter, you may be spending more time inside with your balls. Might as well make them beautiful. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code 
Mini20 at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping at Manscaped.com with the code Mini20. It's time to join the Manscaped movement. These products, <laughs> these products are snow joke. <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> and thank you to Manscaped. Uh, um, man, Manscaped uh, still here going strong, uh, taking care of your balls. Um, Dude, they blindsided me. You blindsided me with that one, that, that opening uh, <laughs> line there. I may have, uh, I may, I may have added part of that myself. <laughs> um, uh, hey, so uh, you want to ask me anything? I would love to. Let's do it. It's time to ask me anything. Ask me something. Alrighty. <laughs> so let's see what kind of questions we have. First, we're going to go to the questions that were left here. Uh, That were left here by our um, our Patreon members. So let's see what we've got here. Uh, James Sorensen writes, Could we ever see the Blue Ties compete in the Monster Factory and win the Tag Team Championships? Uh, it doesn't look likely. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you never say never, but it doesn't, doesn't look likely. Although I have been, uh, I have one day down of training with Matt Mangle. Uh, and hey, if you want to train with Matt Mangle, send an email on over to uh, uh, ptunlocked at gmail.com. Um, yeah. He's going to be doing some cool stuff pretty soon. Going to be uh, announcing his own um, Patreon and uh, with a lot of great opportunities to do some uh, remote training. So if you're not in the uh, greater Philadelphia area, that's okay. You can still go. So cheap plug for him. Um, Absolutely. I shouldn't say cheap plug. Pretty much he's training me so that I will plug him. Um, so, uh, no, no, but he's, he's very good at, at what he does. And, uh, guess what? You can also talk some wrestling with him. Um, oh, here's a question. Uh, Travis writes, would wrestling with the iron chic curled toe make it more difficult? Go to you on nah. that. Maybe. I don't think so. Right. Nah, nah, that's just, uh, aesthetic. Yeah. Maybe getting in and out of the ropes. Could you could yeah. theoretically like get hung yeah. up, but um, James Sorensen writes, uh, "Hey Josh, loved your episode on Top Guy Theater. Can you explain Top Guy Theater to Meanie?" Um, he also had a follow up here, which was, "How would you explain Top Guy Theater uh, with Meanie?" I listened to your episode of that and especially loved it from one hour eight minutes and forty five seconds to one hour seventeen minutes. Well, I have no idea what happened at one hour, eight minutes, and 45 seconds to one hour and 17 minutes. Um, uh, how would I explain it to Meany? Um, pretty much you get to get, it's pretty much like a watch along. Um, the guys over there, uh, they were fun. We, we, they let me pick a bunch of matches, and I picked a bunch of Bret Hart uh, SummerSlam matches. And we watched that and just kind of talked about them or talked about wrestling in general. So it was fun. They're fun. Nice. Fun show over there. Um, I appreciated them having me on. Um, yeah, if you get the opportunity, Meanie, I'd say take it. Um, awesome. Uh, but James, thanks for uh, watching. I guess uh, let me know what what happened in that time frame there because now I'm kind of curious. Um, 
as someone who who doesn't even know what we talk about on our own goddamn yeah podcast. right i have no idea i barely even remember yeah. doing this show we're actively doing right now um uh james also asked meanie when you were constantly in ring where was your weight right around at i don't know uh it fluctuated um my heaviest was probably 390 and then uh, I got down. Uh, right now I'm at like 320. So. When was 390? Like at what time would you have been? Oh, uh, that that was an era I did not give a fuck. Oh man. Um, no, well, uh, ECW ish. Uh, and then once me and Nova start having our run, I kind of, you know, start losing weight. I got down to about 340, maybe. I lost about 50 pounds. I was working out with John Cronus in the gym and stuff like that and trying to eat better, yeah. eat tuna and rice every day. <laughs> Just uh, do what I had to do to shed some weight. And it, it started uh, start paying off in the ring. You know, like when me and Nova started tagging after Stevie went to WCW, you know, I know I had to kick my ass in the gear a little bit. And, uh, you know, yeah, you know, like I said, start working out with Cronus in the in the gym, gym, and then you know before every show we were we're in the room with Tracy Smothers doing the uh, drills and stuff like that. So, um, down about three forty. Ivan Rivers at the Fallen Ivan. Uh, did you ever get into scuffles with punks as a full on hair metal disciple? Nah, nah. I, I, you know, uh, I grew up, I was growing up in Lake City at the time, and I basically, it was like a melting pot of music, you know? I was the metalhead, hair metal guy. There was rap guys. There was, <laughs> I almost got into a fist fight with somebody because they said Invang Malmsteen was better than Eddie Van Halen, and I, <laughs> I was about, you know, as close as to a scrap as I, I got into music. It's like, Fuck Ingve Malmsteen. But, uh, <laughs> that's the only time I would really get like hot under the collar about music if somebody just took a shit on Van Halen just because it's the one thing that made me happy, you know? You know, talk about, you know, any other band I like, I wouldn't give a fuck, but that's the one thing that made me happy. I and mean, if somebody had something fucking stupid to say, you know, that would piss me off. It's, it's like I've, I've, I feel like I'm cursed in a way. Yeah. You know, growing up, think, growing up loving things, I've always had to explain. You know, why do you like that fake wrestling shit? Why do you like Van Halen? Which singer do you like? What's it fucking matter? You know, just just enjoy like what it. you enjoy. Yeah. yeah, just like it. You know, if so, you you don't like what somebody else likes, don't fucking watch. You know, let people enjoy what they want. You know. Yep. Uh, James Sorensen says um, that in that time period, I talked about my experience at Top Guy Weekend and talked about James. Um, so, okay, that makes sense why why you, why you like that part. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, that was fun. Um, hey, Mark and Dryden has like a, a hundred questions for us here, um, and I might save some. So I, I do want to just say right now, uh, Ask Meanie is you know always one of our favorite uh, it is. parts of the show. Get your questions in now using the hashtag AskMeanie um, because uh, 
We are going to, next week, we are going to be recording two episodes of Mind of the Meanie because uh, over Thanksgiving, it turns out our families would like to be with us. Um, <laughs> so um, we are, uh, well, we're going to make sure that, you know, the Monday after Thanksgiving, you guys still have an episode. Um, and that is going to be a complete Ask Meanie episode, uh, which I'm excited about. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So yeah. uh, save up your questions uh, for that. Um, give us a bunch of questions. So that's what I'm saying with Mark and Dryden. I, I don't know that I'll even hit all of them, uh, but we'll see what we got here. We'll see. We got we got a few more minutes here. We don't want to we don't want to give you guys nothing. But uh, but yeah, but next week hit us with some stuff for uh, episode. So episode 88 is going to be the Ask Meanie episode. Mark and Dryden, which of these has to go from today's wrestling? Jump starts to matches, so no lockups. No selling everything. Endless trading of chops, kicks, and punches. Or is there anything else you two can think of? Hmm. Yeah, jump starts. When I first started in business, like, oh, let's just start off hot. And why? Made no sense. You know, unless you're in a, a feud feud, you know. Like tonight, I expect Punk and Kingston to have a, a hot start. You know, everything they've done to lead up to this—if they got in the ring and did a simple lockup—I was like, "Ugh." You know, that was uh, a big critique that I had many years ago. WrestleMania it was uh, Triple H and Randy Orton, and mm. they had like a blood feud where this was the one where like. I think, like, he, like, broke into Orton's house and, like, they were having... And Orton had, like, handcuffed him and then he was, like, kissing Stephanie. It was, like, this whole, like... It was finally the big blow-up and they get to this match and they, like, lock up and start wrestling. I'm like, what? Like, this... What are you yeah. doing? Yeah. Um, uh, but, yeah, I... I uh, to me, Meanie, it's the... Um, I hate the no-selling everything... Because I think it ex- yeah, that, it exposed it. Uh, if I could get rid of anything, I'd pretty much say if uh, if Canadian Destroyer isn't your finish, um, you're not allowed to use it. Yeah. Um, what a vicious move! Williams, man. That move when Petey Williams first when I first yeah I don't know if he created it, but when I first saw that move and Petey Williams did it, dude, that was just like that was it. You got hit with the Canadian Destroyer, you're done. And I I, I think finishes. People should it get pinned the, by a finish. It has the word. It has the word "destroy" in it. Mm-hmm. That should be it. That should be the end. There should be some moves that are just the whole. It's not that you're. Every once in a while, there's place for that, like you know, two and three quarters shoulder up, right? But if it's not WrestleMania, like, yeah, just don't do it. Like it, it, it should. I don't know. I, we can go off on a whole thing here. But what I will say is if I had to get rid of something, the endless trading of chops, kicks, punches, my issue is, I mean, I hate, I, there's some things I hate. You know, people have gone on about, we talked about this before, I think, the, uh, uh, the Young Bucks versus the, um, uh, the Lucha Bros. Um, people yeah. loved that match. It was like the greatest match of all time. It was all this, everything. Um, and I just couldn't, I was so out of that match from the spot where they did where they, like, one kicked the next guy, then that guy kicked the next guy, then that guy kicked the next guy. And it, like, 
it didn't make any sense. Like it was, I mean, well, like they kicked someone, then they got kicked, then someone else got kicked. Like it was so, it, it didn't, it, it took me right out of it. I hate the, the back and forth. Like there's a time where one guy could just be like, I'm a, I'm a tough motherfucker. Punch me in the face. And he punches him. And he rocks him. He's like, Oh shit. Then he comes back and punches. You know, you would have that occasionally where it's just two guys who are yeah. just like, cause that could be real, you know? Um, yeah. Like a duel. Yeah. You know? But I just, in general, like this, like trading back and forth, back and forth where nothing means anything and you know, sell stuff. Like who, who's. Yeah, it's like the, it's yeah. like the fucking chicken fight and fucking family guy with Peter and the chicken. Yeah. Seriously. Just. Uh, yeah. I'll, I don't get that. Okay. I'm going to chop you and I'm going to let you chop me. Well, first of all, chops suck. Why would you fucking let. Yeah. Why? You know, yeah. it's, uh, what, what else? Oh, and you brought the super kicks, you know, I love the bucks. Don't get me wrong, but, um, you know, you watch UFC and how quick a fucking kick and just knock a guy the fuck out. Yep. Yeah. You know, That's been my know, critique you, on the super kick party. Everybody yeah. loves super kick party. And to me, if, if you were putting together a list of who has the worst super kick in the history of pro wrestling, it's gotta be the young bucks. And yeah. people go, what? What are you talking about? They do really great super kicks. No, it's got to be the worst one because of how many times they have to kick you before you fall down. And that's two yeah. of them kicking you multiple times, back and forth, back and forth, and then kicking you together. Like, to me, that has to be the weakest super kick of all time. <laughs> right? Like, that's kind of my, who has the greatest super kick of all time? Shawn Michaels. Because yeah. he hit you with it and you were done. Well, that's what Jake said with the DDT. He's like, well, everybody else's DDTs look fucking weak because at least I beat my guys with the fucking DDT. Right. You know? Jake Roberts is the only one who knows how to actually do a DDT. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so I, that's my feeling on it. Like the Young Bucks, like your super kick is is not devastating. And of course, obviously I'm talking everything in, in, in kayfabe here, but like, right. It's, but that's what I'm saying. If, if we're going on the assumption that what we're watching is real, because we should be going on that assumption within that minute, because we've talked about a million. That's times what before. we're trying to sell. Right. That's, that's what we're trying, trying to sell. sell. I don't want to go to a movie where at the end of each, imagine if at the end of each scene, they left in where the director goes, all right, cut. And then they go to the next scene in a movie. Like, we shouldn't know. <laughs> we all know it's a movie. Dude, we all know it's fake. I went to, I went to a movie once, and <clears throat> it, I, I don't know why this happened. I saw it in the theater, and then they I never they must have cleaned it up for home video. I was watching a movie, Elizabethtown. Um, it was a Cameron Crow movie. Uh, dude from uh, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, Johnny Depp? Uh no, the other one. Uh, uh, Orlando Bloom. Orlando Bloom, and I forget who the the girl was. But there was a couple scenes where he saw the fucking boom mic in the shot. Wow! Like, like I don't know how I don't know why or how this happened, but like there was one scene Orlando Bloom's talking, and you see the the boom mic over his head, a black boom mic, and then. They got cut over to who he's talking to, and they go back, and there was a different fucking boom mic over his head, and it was like the most bizarre yeah. thing. I'm sitting there at the theater, and we're just like laughing, like, holy shit. 
you know? And then, like, I went to look for it on, like, home video just to see it, and they, they cleaned it up. They edited it. Yeah, yeah. they tightened up the they tighten up the framework. But holy but shit. You said, like, once, yeah, like pro like, wrestling. It take, takes you right out of it, you know? I believe pro wrestling should be forgiven more so because it's live. You know, when it's live, yeah. of course, it should be it should be forgiven. But I mean, like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, you're just supposed to be. It's supposed to seem real. Now, some people could argue, OK, well, in the fantasy world of pro wrestling, you know, much like look. Ed, so here's where there's a bit of an argument. Some things if you watch a fight scene in a movie. Yeah, it is not necessarily how that fight would go in real life. Right. So there is something where you can look at it and say, okay, in a real fight, this isn't how, you know, it would go, but okay, it's not a real fight. It's pro wrestling. We're watching it for entertainment. But pro wrestling is its own character. It's its own, you know, it's its own beast. Like, it's, it, you can't. Universe. It's its own, it's its own <laughs> universe. Um, yes. Well, the last question we're going to do here from Mark and Dryden, uh, and then I'm going to save his two other ones for next week. But uh, what are Meanie's and Josh's favorite Survivor Series matches or moments of all time? And there's a reason that I chose this one, and it's because I am going to do a cheap plug right now for Talking with Friends Giving. <laughs> so if you want to know about my favorite Survivor Series moment and my least favorite Survivor Series moment um, and matches of all time, and you need to tune in to Talking With Friends Giving. That's brought to you by Sosa Chernoff and Talking With Friends. And it is going to be on Fight. That's right. 8 o'clock Eastern Time on Fight on Thanksgiving Eve. It's the new Thanksgiving Eve tradition. It's going to be myself, my brother Fred Chernoff, the aforementioned Matt Mangle, and of course Calvin Tan. And uh, meaning, meaning I, I, I did the uh, for you just to... <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, and... Uh, so, yeah, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and uh, I hope that all of you will join us on Fight for that uh, and have uh, and have yourself a merry little Thanksgiving Eve um, with us. Uh, so that's where you'll get my answer. But Meanie, favorite Survivor Series match or moment of all time? Probably Undertaker winning the belt from Hogan. Which I think that was the f only, well, that was the first non-Survivor Series match yep. match. 30, but, uh, 30 years ago this month, it was the Gravest Challenge, the 1991 Survivor Series. And it was the first in the in Survivor Series short history at that point. Because what did they have? 87, 88, 89, 90. So they'd only been around for five years. That's how you do math, yeah. by the way. With your yeah, you count with your fingers. Um, they'd only been around for five years, so of uh, uh, which is an interesting thing, which I do kind of talk about on the show a little bit. But an interesting thing to me, um, I, I I think when you really look at how we consider like classic Survivor Series matches, Survivor Series had four years with only Survivor Series matches in its history. Yeah. And the first time that they that they didn't have that was thirty years ago. So you're talking about thirty four years. If I'm doing my math correctly, right? That would be thirty four. Yeah, thirty four years. Where only four of them were Survivor Series were all Survivor Series matches. 
Yeah. But we still long for it. Yeah. Live from the Richfield Coliseum. <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, so that would be your uh your favorite. Yeah, that that'd definitely be my favorite because uh I was big in Undertaker then. Mm-hmm. And uh that's kinda like a dream match. Undertaker Hogan, you yeah. know. You know, Undertaker, you know, was doing the, you know, Jason Voorhees gimmick where he just set up mm-hmm. or the Michael Myers just set up gimmick. And Hogan was, you know, good for the uh hulking up brother. You know, just uh <laughs> it was just uh it's very intriguing to me to a young meanie, you know, that matchup. And then, you know, of course Flair gets involved with the putting out the chair for the, the tombstone on the chair, stuff like that. Yeah, it was fascinating. The and then there, of course we we go in depth on talking with Friendsgiving about the uh the tombstone. Because, uh, man, it was uh nowhere near his head. Uh, <laughs> but uh Yeah. But uh and then they, that inspired the uh, the follow up pay per view that Tuesday called this Tuesday in Texas yes. or, or whatever that was you know so, they had the rematch. Interesting. I was just watching uh, that Survivor Series um, on the on the cock and uh, which honestly I I watch WWE Network stuff probably an eighth of what I used to since it moved to Peacock. Um, yeah. It's just such a it's awful hard. app. Um, but hard. yeah, the cock's hard, man. The cock is hard. Um, you said a mouthful. Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, anyway, uh, so <laughs> I, for years and years, always referred to it as Tuesday night in Texas. Yeah, and thought it was like this weird Mandela effect when people would say it was this Tuesday in Texas. And I was like, no, it was Tuesday night in Texas. I remember it being Tuesday night in Texas. Well, I'm watching Survivor Series, and President Jack Tunney gets on and refers to it and says, Tuesday night in Texas, it will be, you know, and kept referring to it as Tuesday night in Texas. But I think now looking at it, he was literally telling you Tuesday night in Texas because... If you ask me, they probably, when he pre-recorded those things, hadn't come up with a name for the pay-per-view yet. <laughs> because even yeah. if you remember when the pay- at Survivor Series, they're talking about this event, and, and they're like, and we'll have more information as it comes up of how, uh, how you'll be able to watch this. Like, I don't think they even knew up until like that day that it was going to be on pay-per-view yeah. and that it needed a name. So they, I think it was just calling it Tuesday night in Texas. They're going to be wrestling in to, Texas on Tuesday, you know? They didn't, like, they didn't need to do one of those untold stories on yes. the, that doc. You know, because I, I love that untold series oh, WWE does so where they just do, like, a, like they did the one on uh, Bischoff buying WCW. Mm-hmm. And the, they, they had the conference calls and everything. I was like, oh, my God, Crazy. this is fucking great. Yeah, they didn't need to do one on uh, – Tuesday night in Texas and see. <laughs> that was uh, I remember the, I was over was at, up with at my friend Mark Winheim's house. Uh, his yeah. dad, by the way, is the one who worked for Prism and got us backstage nice. at the Spectrum. Uh, That's awesome. But I was over at his house and uh, and him and his and his uh, his brother Justin had like they were trying to convince me 
because uh, I'm pretty sure that's what I think I watched it then. They were trying to convince me that wrestlers couldn't really cut promos and that they were all like they they figured out that they were voiceovers from like other like I don't know why they thought this, but it was Mr. Perfect. And so what happened was I think like the audio was just slightly off. Right. And so like they looked at it like, wait a minute. I bet Mr. Perfect isn't even really the voice behind this wrestler. And it was just like, no, like this is very clearly Mr. Perfect and the audio is just slightly off. But I never forgot that. Like that was their theory. That I guess like wrestlers were too dumb to uh, <laughs> to be able to cut promos. <laughs> but yeah. uh, that's too funny. Yeah. But but yeah. So uh so that's that. Well, thank you everybody. Yeah. Thank you. This has been another great episode. Uh, next week. A lot of fun. If you want a double dose of Mind of the Meanie, if, you, if you're saying to yourself, no, I can't wait. I know next week you're going to be recording an Ask Meanie episode, and I have to wait an additional week to after Thanksgiving? No, this seems like it would be a great thing to, to listen to right after I, I watch Talking with friends, giving on Thanksgiving Eve. Now my Thanksgiving tradition should be Mind of the Meanie. Well, guess what? Go to patreon.com slash Mind of the Meanie and you'll be able to get it live next week. You'll be able to get two episodes. So definitely do that. Uh, join us over there and uh, join us on social media in general at Mind of the Meanie across all boards. Uh, make sure you go to mindofthemeanie.com and order your Mind of the Meanie two-pack. If you want it signed or you just want it in good condition and not a damaged package, order it now. Order it this week before they're gone because they are going to be gone. I don't think there are going to be any figures left after uh, Cyber Monday. That is my prediction. I think that's it. I think after Cyber Monday, they're gone. But we might not even make it to Cyber Monday with these figures. They might be gone before then. Now, full disclosure, Meanie has some in his possession. Uh, that he is, it has to sell at gimmick tables. Um, but you gotta go see Meanie at a, and and find him somewhere with these figures. Um, and then when those are gone, they are gone. So get yeah. on it, mindofthemeanie dot com. Um, hey, if you haven't in a long time, go give us a a, a five star rating uh, over at, uh, Apple podcasts or whatever. You don't even have to listen on Apple podcasts. Go give us that rating. Give us a review, uh, a good review. If you think you earned it. And if you think, uh, <laughs> I talk too much, uh, politely go fuck yourself. Um, so, uh, yeah. Um, what else can we do? Oh yeah. Go to personalities.com slash mind of the meanie personalities.com slash Blue Meanie and personalities.com slash so says Chernoff. Uh, Meanie, what else? Go to a Mad Cat Beard Care. Yes. Get yourself some blue spruce. Get your uh, uh, get, get yourself some nice uh, Blue Meanie beard oil. You know who just blew uh, himself with that? Who that? Andy Slichter. Just posted on social Slichter! media. Yeah, man. Uh, Josh from Mad Cat Beard Care reached out and you know, wanted me to personally thank Slichter because he was he listens to the podcast and he, he was he was touched that you know he uh actually went out and uh, bought the products and stuff like that so and then even if you don't have a beard christmas is coming up mm-hmm. you're going to have somebody in your life who's going to want some uh, beard oil 
and stuff like that. And all the money goes to helping feral cats. So it's awesome. Go to go to mad madcatbeardcare.com. And then uh, you can also go to uh, brothersgatter.com. I, I was just talking to those folks, those fine folks over at Brother Gatter. And uh, they have uh, the Josh Chernoff and Blue Meanie uh, Wrestle Buddies. They do. I, uh, I recently had one that was, uh, I had them ship one to me for me to sign for somebody. And then we shipped it out to that person. So, you know, that's, that's an option that apparently is there. I was just like, yeah, why not? I was like, if somebody wants my signature on a buddy, send it to me and I will sign it for you. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, they're there. They're there. I actually want to get another one because my kids play with the, uh, with mine and, and the one and the blue meanie one, um, yeah. that I have, but I would like to have one like in my office. I think it would be kind of neat. Um, yeah, I'll just I, I, I'm tired of it. I just got a whole, uh, ordered a bunch cause I'm doing the icons of wrestling convention, uh, December 18th at the ECW arena. So I'll have some, uh, some of our mine and the mini two packs and I'll have our, uh, have uh, the Blue Meanie Wrestle Buddy there. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah. So definitely uh, go. That's your great opportunity to get that. If you don't want to go to brothersgatter.com, you can just go see Meanie at, uh, at the convention. Is that at the arena? Yeah, 2300 Arena. Very cool. Very cool. Um, what else? Uh, hey, it's that time of year for Cameo, man. Let's hop on some yeah. Cameo. Cameo.com slash Blue Meanie BWL. And... Uh, Guess cameo.com slash so it says Chernoff. If anybody wants me to wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, uh, get on it. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm there. Uh, ready, ready. I'm ready. <laughs> anybody wants to hear from me? Um, I'm that guy with a podcast or something on fight. That should be my I want that with like Peter Rosenberg, like you know, where it's then like dash Peter Rosenberg, like it's in quotes. Like that's his uh, like description of me, even though he didn't know it was me. Uh, yeah. That guy with a podcast or something on fight. Quote. Quote. Peter Rosenberg. Peter Rosenberg. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, so definitely check that out. Um, what else, Manny? What else? Oh, they can go get my, uh, they can go to sososhernoff.com and get my fight figure. Um, nice. We, uh. We still have uh, uh, some of those left. They're sold out uh, in the UK, but I now opened it up, so we just had a mad run uh, in the UK. People just bought them um, because I opened it up to shipping uh, there. Um, James Sorensen just ordered my blue spruce from Mad Cat Beard. Good on you, James Sorensen. Who are you getting it for? Because, brother, I saw that beard that you grew for Halloween. And it, it, it looked a lot like John Cena in the fact that I could not see it. Um, but, uh, hey, maybe it'll help. Maybe it'll help with that. Uh, but, yeah, uh, anything else, Beanie? Yeah, thank you to each and every one of you who join us every week live here on the, uh, the live stream at uh, you know, patreon.com slash me. Thank you to everybody who listens a lot, you know, Live the tape <laughs> every uh, Monday morning when they did. De- ah, that's how old I am. I remember tape. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, thank you to everybody who downloads us every Monday morning sharply at six a.m. That means a lot. Uh, the numbers been looking great. Uh, yeah, it means a lot. It, it, it's a 
it's a uh, you know uh, it's a it's a community here that we're building and uh you know it's fun to you know interact with people and, and you know i've been out and about you know, you know somebody said something to me at shop right the other day and they're like ah love the podcast like, oh cool nice. and I, I called me off guard you know thank you thank you thank you thank you very much but uh, it's a it's a really great uh feeling that you know folks are listening and uh, making that commitment to our podcast when there's so many different podcasts out there so thank you very much yeah, we really do appreciate it we hope that you enjoyed that and hope that you enjoyed this episode and will join us next week as we return like we do every single monday for another trip into the mind The world of MLW Radio never stops. Come on over to Adventureland. Summer concerts are back each weekend in June, and they're free with your park admission. Save with the new two-day ticket, only $34.99 per day at AdventurelandResort.com. Come on over to Summer concerts are back at Adventureland each weekend in June, and they're free with your park admission. Come rock out to live music and take the plunge on two new rides opening soon, the Dragon Falls Log Flume and Flying Viking Coaster. Save with the new two-day ticket, only $34.99 per day at AdventurelandResort.com. You're gonna love it at